Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. The United States will not torture. This government does not torture people. I intend to close Guantanamo, and I will follow through on that. We are working together, and still, uh, we don't trust each other. Afghan forces will grow stronger. The Afghan people will take control of their future. So we've got more work to do. Unfinished business. We're continuing our examination of matters left unfinished or or matters set in motion since September 11th, 2001. And while President Obama has officially ended the Iraq war and is withdrawing troops from Afghanistan, for many veterans, a new war is beginning. It's estimated that 350,000 veterans of these two wars will return home bearing invisible scars of their experiences. Scars that might have been more visible if the Pentagon had had a more proactive approach to detecting and anticipating post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, a name for a variety of consequences of combat stress, including the outmoded terms like shell shock and battle fatigue. We know a lot more about PTSD these days. And because of the survival rates in Iraq and Afghanistan, the scale of this problem for soldiers returning home has serious implications that will take decades to play out in communities all over America, long after all U.S. troops have left Iraq and Afghanistan. Joining us now to explore this is Barry Schaller, who is a former Connecticut Supreme Court judge. He wrote about this in his new book, Veterans on Trial, The Coming Court Battles Over PTSD. He teaches courses at the Yale Law School. Uh, Barry, welcome to the program. Hi, John. Thanks for having me on the program. Sure. It, it seems to me, looking at the scale of this, that on some level, PTSD may end up being something like Agent Orange was for people in Vietnam, where it, it really began an enormously long legal and scientific battle to determine the implications for individuals who uh, were in contact with a defoliant during their combat in Vietnam. And many of those cases uh, still continue to battles uh, with the U.S. Congress to determine whether that sort of uh, Agent Orange contamination was a legitimate uh, 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 claim against the U.S. Pentagon. Is PTSD going to end up being the Agent Orange uh, issue of our time? John, I don't think it's going to be the Agent Orange issue. Um, actually, there are not the same kinds of scientific um, issues with with uh, PTSD. And, of course, the Vietnam War produced its own huge share of PTSD. So I think it will be actually much more equivalent of the PTSD siege that existed for the three or four or five years after the Vietnam War. What's different about Iraq and Afghanistan, either in the scale of the problem, what we know about the problem, or the kinds of uh, manifestations of PTSD that these 350,000 uh, veterans will be bringing home? There are certain u- unique factors about the Iraq and Afghanistan wars that produce mental stress, uh, PTSD, but each war has produced its own set of factors uh, each war is different from prior wars in some ways and similar to prior wars in some ways. I think that the factors in Iraq and Afghanistan resemble those in Vietnam, but they also resemble factors that existed in prior wars too. But in Iraq and Afghanistan, you have prolonged wars with multiple deployments, with everybody being exposed to combat, essentially, everybody who's on the ground there. Uh, so there are 
and, and you also have increased survival rates with each war and increased technology. So it, it brings its own set of, of factors that produce mental stress at the level when it becomes a disorder. Uh, I don't think it, it's as controversial as it was following Vietnam because in the meantime, our society has become familiar with PTSD. It's if it's not a household word, it's something along those lines, actually. Certainly. And I guess the issue is what claims will be brought against the U.S. government for the manifestations of PTSD, people who can't work, uh, people who find themselves uh, in situations where maybe families uh, blow up because of some of the consequences of PTSD. And then what is the likelihood that PTSD will be a defense in individuals who commit subsequent criminal acts and blame it on their combat experiences in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I'm not prejudiced either way, but how do these things play out? I think the, the latter factor, and that is that PTSD will be used will be used in two ways. One is to make claims for medical services and psychiatric services, and that's already going on, of course, and, and really started as soon as troops began coming home. Uh, it will certainly be used uh, as a defense or it's a, a mitigating factor when veterans have problems with the criminal justice system. So far, I haven't seen any indication that veterans are stepping outside the VA and, and VB, the veterans' benefit systems, to make specific claims against the government. And that, that hasn't happened in the past, as, as it did with Agent Orange, I think that veterans' problems can be dealt with in the whole VA system if it continues to be more and more responsive to those claims. Did the Pentagon's approach to PTSD at the beginning of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars complicate or simplify this situation in the sense that a number of doctors, neuroscientists, and neurologists suggested that the Pentagon pre-screen individuals going into combat to determine their uh, susceptibility to a stress-related uh, injury and to get a kind of cognitive baseline for individuals so that they could compare their pre-combat experience with their post-combat experience. And the Pentagon elected not to do that for reasons that uh, have not really been made public. Um, would that have been a better way of approaching this? Would we have had better information to base either legal claims on or uh, treatment strategies on? It, it might have helped. Um, Screening, but screening has never been 100% effective. Screening goes back to World War II uh, and was attempted in World War I as well. And, you know, frankly, when a war goes on, the needs begin to outrun the screening that has taken place. And I think that happens in every war so that the standards get reduced. And in the long run, I don't think whether screening or not, it would make a huge difference. I think there's going to be mental stress fallout from every war that really should be taken into account in the beginning with preparation for it. And then I, what I, almost, I really think is that veterans, soldiers who are leaving, should have a kind of basic training for reentry into society that's at least as extensive as the basic training they have when they are mm. entering. And that has not ever happened but I must say that the military culture has adjusted to the problem, is more accepting, there's a little less stigma, uh, definitely less stigma. 
but it isn't all the way there at this point. Talking to Barry Schaller is a former Connecticut Supreme Court judge who wrote about PTSD in his book, Veterans on Trial, the coming court battle over PTSD. And we should remind people that PTSD is also uh, entwined with the kinds of blast injuries that you're getting in Iraq and Afghanistan that uh, are subtle in terms of their effects on the brain, but in some cases tend to amplify the effects of these purely psychiatric uh, disorders like PTSD. Why did you choose to call your book Veterans on Trial? Is there some sensitivity, even though you've described the society as having adjusted to uh, acceptance uh, related to PTSD? I selected it because uh, my original focus was to to look at the the uh, outcomes in the criminal justice system based on PTSD during wartime. I must say that as I got into the subject, I became fascinated by the development of PTSD through prior wars and the nature of it, the the diverse causes that go beyond the um, the psychiatric bible, the DSM. Um, so my, my main focus was to be on what happens when veterans with PTSD get into the criminal justice system. I think what I've ended up with is a much broader approach and a look at the problem. For example, I, it became apparent to me that, that we have always set our standards too low for what we expect in terms of veterans' recovery in a way, we've always felt as long as they adjust and they don't have serious problems and they get over their problems, everything is fine. But in reality, I think that set sells veterans short because we should really look to our veterans with all their training and education, their experience, to be leaders and model citizens. They, they are, after all, law-abiding people who go through an experience that changes them in some ways, causes them problems. And I don't think it's enough that they just recover. I think that that's setting the bar too low in a sense. A call for uh, finishing some unfinished business from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Barry Schaller, former associate justice of the Connecticut Supreme Court uh, from uh, Yale Law School, author of Veterans on Trial, the Coming Court Battles over PTSD. Thanks so much. It was good to talk with you, John.